0: especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Today, the Peace and Parenting Podcast is a little different. I'm having an incredible comedian on. Her name is Alice Chan. So have a listen. And it's a little bit out of our format, but... She's an incredible mom and a great comedian, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm so honored to have a guest today, and her name is Alice Channon. She is an incredible comedian, and welcome to our show, and thank you so much for being here and breaking up this insanely serious podcast with some comedy.
1: Thanks for having me here, Michelle. I always love collaborating, especially with people who understand how to parent in in a gentle way. I'm still evolving and learning as a parent. so I follow you religiously. I love everything you put out
0: and I, I love this collaboration right now. Thank you. I, I'm your stuff, especially right now with the resort. I, I don't know when this podcast is coming up, but the resort <laughs> the resort sketches that you're putting out. I seriously, I was laughing out loud, the bike one where you were like, oh, isn't this place so beautiful? And aren't these bikes so great? And then you pull up the bike and then in the background, someone says, um, Alice, Miss Alice, your Uber is here. And it's so true.
1: <laughs> I, I did attempt. I, I was recently at invited to a retreat. It was an all-women's retreat. And it was a very heavy theme. It's for women who have just gone through a really rough breakup and they're trying to recognize the patterns. And so of course I come on on the third day when things are a little more lighter, when there's a lot of the the digging and the deep diving has already been done the first two days with the coaches. And then I provide some comedy relief, like some humor just for like 10, 15 minutes uh, for the women to just like sit back and relax and just like get entertained. And it's I don't know these women. Um, It was great. It was a beautiful estate up in New York. So I got to stay overnight. And the next day I was just like checking out everything. And I was like, oh, look at all these bikes. And I always, I love bikes, but you know, I was like thinking of going for a bike ride and it was like the, the road was really like rocky, a lot of pebbles and stuff. I just figured it'd be easier to get to town driving. (laughs) I actually didn't get an Uber. I, I actually drove myself. So my life isn't
0: that cushy. <laughs> I liked the extra added Uber though. It really was good. Can you tell us where you're from and just kind of who you are and where people can find you?
1: Yeah, I'm originally Canadian. I was born in California, but I moved to Canada when I was two. And then I decided to come to New York when I was approaching my 30s because I wanted to find myself. And I got stuck here because I found my partner and then we had kids. And once you have kids, it's really hard to uproot. Yeah. And I was in the corporate world for a while. I always liked humor. I always liked comedy. I started to really get into it before I met my partner. And then I took a four-year hiatus because kids. And I got back into it because I felt like a huge void in motherhood. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And people can find me on the gram. I'm always there. Mom, Com. NYC. I do live shows in New York and sometimes in California.
0: Yeah. And I like your humor because it's so dang relatable. Like I, I, they're so good because they're just like, I want to be, I want to be Alice's friend and just hang with her because she gets, she gets being a mom and how hard it is and makes good fun of it.
1: I I like making fun of myself and I want people to feel less alone because I felt so alone and isolated as a new mom. And I was trying to meet all these new mom friends and everyone felt to me, everyone seemed like they had it together. Yeah. And I was always like, oh man, I wish I had the same, you know, like she's got better baby wipes than me or she's always like her hair is always done or she's nursing the baby like with confidence and Coffee on one hand, I'm like scrambling trying to get my baby some milk, like at home because I'm too ashamed to like breastfeed. And probably like, I had all these qualms as a new mom, and I felt very lonely in the yeah. first few years, and I had a lot of resentment towards my husband. And I thought motherhood was going to be different. And yeah. I um, turned to comedy after my second kid was born. I I, I went back to comedy, but I yeah. I did a different Wait with it. I I wanted to create comedy for parents and for mothers particularly, so they would feel less alone. And so yeah. a lot a lot of my jokes, like seventy five percent of my jokes, are about parenthood and motherhood, yeah. being a woman.
0: I think that's why you're so relatable because you do make fun of yourself, <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, yes, I feel that way about myself too. I'm just too scared to say it. And she's saying it. She's going out there and she's telling people that she's messing up, and this is. Yeah. Incredible. I love that. And it feels connective. That's why I feel feel like comedy is connective. It helps us see one another differently and yours, especially because it is so humble is it helps us feel like, ah, this person sees me.
1: Oh, thank you for appreciating. I do love that comedy does connect people. Like imagine you're in a room and you don't know anybody and everyone's laughing at one joke that binds Mm -hmm. everyone together. You're laughing in a room with other strangers. You all get it. And so there's like this feeling of connection and bonding over that and such a great feeling.
0: It really is. And I think we can take that just so we don't, we don't lose all my listeners today. We're like, where's my parenting (laughs) tip? We can take that and use it in parenting because I always tell people, if your kid's being a jerk, you know, they're saying the wrong thing. They're, you know, they're refusing to do something. Can you come with play? And really what I mean is, can you come with comedy? And my most favorite type of play is to make fun of myself. Mm, Like when my kids are like, you're so dumb. I'm like, oh my God, you figured it out. (laughs) I went to college all these years. You figured me out. I am so dumb. Thank you. Thank you for being here for me. I appreciate it. But can you turn those horrible moments into comedy? And can it get you guys back on track? And can you find the connection in that terrible place? Can you take your ego totally out of it like you do? Can you take your ego totally out of parenting? And can you make fun of yourself as a way of preserving those hard moments?
1: Yeah. And you showed such an excellent example the way you pivoted because that could have gone down a very dark spiral if you were insecure and you took it personally and it triggered something. And you're like, I remember being called dumb when I was 10. And then I, you know, take it on your kids. But you just pivoted and you made it about you just light and fun and just ridiculous to the point that your kids know that, okay, mom's joking. And it just, huh, the tension's gone, right? Yeah.
0: If you can get
1: there. Yes. And you did that brilliantly. I love that. And there are times where I can use my comedy, where I'm like trying to get my kid to do something. Like my kid didn't want to come out the door and he likes to hide in the mornings. And if you find him, he'll get upset. So what I like to do is I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't have time for hide and seek in the morning. We're always in a rush. I need him in the car and he's hiding. And I can't get him upset by finding him. So I just keep calling out his name. I'm like, Adrian, you're not coming. Okay, I'm going to go. And I'm, like, I'm going to lock the door. I document every step. He's right behind me tugging on my shirt and I can feel it. So I'm like, all right, Adrian, if you're not coming, I'm taking your school bags. So I'm locking the door. I'm like, I'm going in the car. And then I walk to the car. I'm not giving him any eye contact. He gets in the seat. He's smiling. I'm buckling in his car, <laughs> in his car seat and still saying, all right, Adrian, I'm taking off. I can't believe you're not in the car. And I'm just gonna drive to your school, and I close the door, and then he'll say, "Mommy, I'm right here." I'm like, "Oh,
0: you were there all this time," and I got him in the car. Yeah, you know? and so, he didn't get mad. That's so good, and it was connective, right? You didn't get uh, mad. You didn't lose your temper. You totally just played. You played a game, and you're right. The connection is so important. Even if you're
1: not using comedy, it's always connection first. Like I learned from your post, connect with them first okay. before they can absorb anything else you can say to them. Yeah.
0: Because if they're disconnected, they're not thinking. And if they're not thinking, then you're, you're screwed because there's no way to get through to a kid who's not thinking or a person. This stuff is for people too, everybody. It's for regular adult people who need connection too. You should always connect with your partner first before you try to tell them something important or ask them to do something for you or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It works
1: with your partners if you want them to do the dishes. Put your hand on his shoulder or her shoulder, and connect. And then you can just list out all the house errands you want that person to do.
0: (laughs) That's all it takes. One shoulder rub, and that's it. All your dreams will come true, Alice. Use that little shoulder, a little hard, and just say the laundry needs to be done. (laughs) Okay. My car needs to be (laughs) washed.
1: Try it. This is Michelle, this is not just for parent like for parenting children. It's to parent your relationships too.
0: Yeah. Parent your t- relationships <laughs> and you, you with connection, all your dreams can try, come true mm-hmm. in your in your relationship for sure. <laughs> so wait, where are you doing stand-up comedy too? Yeah, so I'm in the city, in New York City
1: once a week. If not, I'm doing shows virtually. So if people can't come to the city, you can watch me in your pajamas, in your living room or on your bed. I love it. Wait, are you coming to Los Angeles? I was just there for a convention. It was for a, a mom, digital mom convention. Oh, and nice. I tried to squeeze a lot of things in. I tried to do a family reunion. I did a show at Flappers in Burbank. Oh. And I, I know. And so I'm I, in Burbank. I, are you really? Yes, I'm in Toluca Lake. Oh, I'm right here. Oh my gosh. I So I don't know. Like I feel like, you know, because I, I don't know L.A., yeah. Um, this is my first time doing comedy in LA. So I'm like, okay, I'll be in LA. But a lot of people were like, well, that's too far. I'm in the West side. I didn't know West side wouldn't commute to Burbank.
0: No, they won't. Right? Like,
1: no. and, and people are like, oh, that's more than a 30 minute drive. I'm not coming. So I didn't know that. I was like,
0: oh, okay. I just thought, you know, I'm in LA. Everyone in LA should come. But no. You know, you have to get on the 405 to the 10 to the 134 and get off on the exit. And then it's like a thing. <laughs> I didn't know it was such a thing. So the next time I will try to
1: do one on the West Side, wherever that is. I don't know what the West Side is. That's, means. On the, yeah. that's all, Burbank. That's all I know. I just, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, next time you're out here, let me know because I want to come see you live. I think definitely will. Well, now that me. I know that you're in Burbank. Well, I'll drive to the West Side for you.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I have some driving from Orange County, I didn't like some people were like, I came from Orange County. I'm like, is that a big
0: deal? Yeah, that's oh, a, big deal. a big deal. They must love you. That must, that's a real connection there. Wow. I was like, okay, yeah, but that's still in L.A., right? Not really. No, that's a whole different beast. Wow. That is a, yeah, that wow. is a whole different beast. They must. That was a real dedication. Oh my gosh, wow. that is love. I I, love.
1: I, so, I so loved um, performing in L.A. There was so much love and. And positivity. It was so different than before. Yeah. Work. Everyone really was so nice in California.
0: Hmm. I like that. <laughs> I like that you think that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> <you> that? <laughs> I was wondering too. Like, do you have any parenting things you want to address? I was just thinking that we could talk about any of your parenting stuff that you're struggling with.
1: Um. I think like my little one. He's five. It's easy to connect with him. He's always like about mommy. My older one, he's eight now and it's getting a little harder to connect with him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He, he feels like, you know, he's cooler. He doesn't want like a kiss goodbye when I drop him off. He's, he's at that point where he, he's like, he doesn't want to hold my hand unless he's Mm -hmm. completely distracted. He will hold my hand, Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid of losing connection with him. Yeah, And I, I know, like, I only have a few more years left until like, he becomes like a pre teenager and he just wants nothing to do with his mom is there any advice you can give me to mm-hmm. connect with my son I mean like I don't have girls I know that you know it's it's a totally different ball game with boys and mom bond and is there any advice that I can keep that yeah. connection
0: that's a good question um you know they say they the experts say adolescence starts at eight so he's already starting to like notice like who's watching me. And that's why probably he's like, Oh, I don't hold my hand because people are watching and he's aware of his environment more, you know, like the five-year-old, the six-year-old, they're like, mommy, you know, like you're like the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. They don't care who knows. And it's, you know, no shame in their game for yeah. sure. But I think there starts to be this, you know, recognition of the environment. And so We can't expect too much interaction in public for a few years, probably because they are self, you know, they're, they're insecure about themselves a little bit, but if you try to do something called special time every day, I don't know if you've heard of it. Is it like one-on-one time for like 15 minutes? Yeah, exactly. So you just, I would just offer him say, I'd love to do a special time with you every day and we'll do whatever you want for 15 or 20 minutes. We'll do whatever you want. If you want to. I try to say no, no screens too much, but Definitely. you could even do screens if you wanted, but I'd try to just say, let them choose, let them lead. You be like the most amazing playmate they've ever had mm-hmm. so that at least you're getting that 20 minutes a day in every single day. And I think what it becomes is like a special place where you guys have this, you know, he knows you're paying attention. So mm-hmm. over time you are going to get uh, information from him. I love that Michelle. And it's only 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes. It's I... like, it's not that long. And I, now my 16 year old, when we do special time, she'll just like, Oh my gosh, so-and-so is a And like we went to the party and everybody was like, so obnoxious mom. You would not. So it becomes this place where I'm, she's just telling me what's going on in her world oh. because we have this little safe place now that we've been working on for years. And how long have you been doing this special time with your 16-year-old?
1: 10 years. So it started when she was six.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. And it's good. And sometimes she'll say, mom, I need special time. Or she'll say, special, go in your room. We need special right now. Oh my gosh, I love that.
1: And what if my my eight-year-old says, okay, I want you to just watch me play Roblox.
0: Oh my God, I love this one. I love this age, this stage. It's like- (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You're awesome at Roblox. You're doing so good. I love how you, oh my gosh, who is that character? I mean, I would say do that maybe one or two times Mm -hmm. and then say, okay, I think we should move away from the the electronics and try to do something different. I try to have a couple of limits no sugar, no screens, but I will lure them in with screens the first few times. (laughs) You You are going to gain more points that way. And every once in a while I would sprinkle in one with a roadblocks, you know, yeah. but I'd try okay. to move out of it as soon as you can. You just okay. want to like use it as a tool to get in there.
1: I like that. Use it as a tool just to kind of get your foot in.
0: Yeah. And then once they realize how great this special time is, they yeah. really don't even want to do Roblox. Right. It's sale. it's sale. You're a salesman, right? You're selling yourself. You're <laughs> selling connection. Right. Right. I just got to get in the door for that first impression. Uh-huh. I love that.
1: I'm going to do that with him today. I'm like actually excited. So I'm going to like try to push away some of the work and, and have that 20 minutes with him. Yeah.
0: Are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening? Do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children? Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. I do have another
1: question. Yeah. My five-year-old He has a very big temper, very passionate guy. But when he's mad, the passion comes out as well. And he has hit me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And my husband would say, don't let him do that to you. Yeah. And you should like tell him like right away on the spot, you should punish him. And I'm like, well, I don't think he's listening. And I let him, I let him cool off. And then I'll go talk to him. And he goes, no, you need to like address it right away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if I'm doing something right or wrong, or am I perpetuating this by letting him be and just talking to him after? Like, I just let him hit me. And then I'm like, I'll, I'll try to hold his arm. and go, no, you can't hit mommy. You yeah. can't hit mommy. And he's like, you can't just say it like that. You got to mean it. So I don't yeah. like know what the best approach is.
0: This is such a good question. I think so many people have... This same concern that your husband has is like, am I perpetuating? Am I reinforcing? A lot of people believe I'm reinforcing this poor behavior because I'm allowing it to happen. What happens when kids hit is that they are fearful. They're not fearful of us, but they might have a fear of an unmet need or they might go into some state of, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. Some sort of fear is happening in them and they lose. Like you said, you're so smart. They're not thinking. He doesn't want to hit his mom. He loves his mom so much. He doesn't want to hurt you. He's just unable to manage his feelings and his prefrontal cortex, his reasoning center of his brain is not fully developed until he's 25 years old. And that's where your impulse control is. And so he can't control his impulses because he's immature because he feels safe with you is why he hits. Because he knows that you are going to love him no matter what. And so he feels comfortable enough to hit you. Now that's a good and a bad thing, right? Because we don't want him going around hitting a bunch of people. <laughs> but uh, and but at the same time, you're doing something right over there, Alice, because he feels safe enough to hit you, which mm-hmm. sounds weird, yeah. but it's true. I'd say, get a pillow. You did the right thing by just, you know, can gently put your hand on. You don't even have to say, I can't let you touch me. You can just put your hand on his and push it down so that you're keeping yourself safe. Use a pillow. He knows he's not supposed to hit. He doesn't want to. I would try to stay with him as much as you can and be with him and let him totally melt down, completely lose his mind, get all of his feelings out because tantrums are cleansing and they help us re-regulate our bodies and they help us expel and get out like all these tiny hurts build up. And then one last thing happens like, he doesn't get the cookie he wants and he loses it. Yeah. And it's not about the cookie. It's about all the backed up stuff and the tantrum gets all that backed up stuff out.
1: Yeah. And during the time I'm with him, I don't say anything. I just calmly like try to keep myself safe and that's it.
0: Yeah. You, that's a good way to go. I say 80% of it should be that, you know, just really being present and and listening to the feelings and saying, and then you can say things like I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I know this is hard. I'll never leave you when you're upset.
1: And this will not like give him any signal saying you're allowed to hit me because I'm not giving you any, there's no repercussions.
0: Well, yeah, let's, let's, let's tease that out some. So Do you think he believes that he can hit you or do you believe that he's just hitting you because he's having a hard time? I guess that's the belief system we have to like really think about.
1: I think 75%, um, I'm sure that he doesn't want to hit me, but I also don't want to encourage it. I want to make sure that I'm not saying it's okay to hit mom.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think you're saying it's okay, especially if you put your hand on his or you're using a pillow after everything is said and done. And hopefully what we're looking for is that he'll come back with an organic apology. He might not do it every single time, but if you stay present with him through these big tantrums, it's a very connective experience because you're going to emotional war with him and you're being there by his side. And what I see is eventually kids will apologize. I'm so sorry. I hit you. I didn't mean to. So that's what we're looking for. We want a child to get to internal remorse Mm -hmm. so that they can get to that remorse themselves. If we punish, now, how does the child feel about us? Now, instead of getting to the internal remorse about the hitting, they're mad at us because we punished them. Mm. I like that word, internal remorse. I gotta write that down. Yeah, so we want them to get to the internal remorse because that's the learning, right? That's where we learn hitting isn't good because it feels bad to us. But our child will never get to that internal remorse if we've come with punishment or reprimand or correction, because now we've stopped the process and now they feel bad and mad at us because we're getting them in trouble. And they're also worried that we don't like them because, or we're mad at them, or we're feeling negatively about them because we've implemented a punishment or a reprimand or whatever. And so we've kind of thwarted this natural process that needs to occur. Also, if we're coming with self-regulation, if we're staying calm, now we're teaching them what self-regulation is. That's co-regulation, right? They need us to be calm and connected so that they can also glean from our connection and become regulated again. And over time, they'll learn to be a regulated human being. And this
1: is good for their um, adulthood, right? It sets them up for a more successful behavior, a regulation when they're in an office setting and when it, yes. they regulate themselves, whereas let's say I punish them for hitting me, punish my son with a timeout, right How will that manifest when he's an adult like hypothetically speaking if if this kid always gets timeout punishment what what would you see
0: so some kids it depends on the kids, so some kids will totally you know shut down. And they will stop hitting, right? Because they're so worried about this connection. Now they've sacrificed the way they feel to please somebody else. So they could be end up being a people pleaser. The kid who acts out and who is like always in time out and always being reprimanded and always be punished might feel like they're never heard. And so they're constantly trying to be heard and they're trying to constantly be getting their point across and they could become these very, you know, aggressive people. Or a kid will not know their internal mechanisms. They don't know what they feel. They don't know if this is right or this is wrong or this is good or this is bad because their parent has put in the punishment in place that's kind of told them how they should feel about themselves so they don't understand their internal you know, desires and wants.
1: I That's so interesting. It's so true. I could see the um, connection because I'm looking at all these like different kids that my son is friends with and I can see some, kids act out more than others because they're not heard. Yeah. And the first example where you say people pleasers, you suppress your feelings because mm-hmm. you want to please your parents. So you stop acting that way. Mm-hmm. I am a people pleaser. My husband is a people pleaser. We're both, we had timeouts. I got spanked. He got belted. So it
0: totally makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense because you guys weren't the rebellious, like I was the rebellious type, right? And I was treated the same way, but I had a different personality and makeup. So I became the rebel. Yeah. My sister was like, you guys, she became the people pleaser. And now she has a hard time with boundaries. She yes. has a hard time telling people how she feels. She has a hard time, time asserting herself. She has a hard time picking a partner because she can't quite figure out if they're good or bad because she's mm-hmm. suppressed herself so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's funny because I'm like, this year I'm working on boundaries. I'm like, I should have... I <laughs> know how to set boundaries. And I'm like just started to. And I think having kids really kind of made me think about, hey, it's not about you, just you anymore, Alice. You've got your kids to setting a good example. You got to good be a good role model. Uh you got to be assertive. Even if it means putting boundaries, you know, putting your foot down. Yeah. Your to your to your relatives, your mother-in-law. Yeah. Mom.
0: And to your own kids, this per, this yeah. kind of parenting's not permissive. We we have limits. We say no more. I'm sorry you can't have any more cookies. I'm sorry you can't, you know, watch TV all night. I'm sorry you can't do these things. Yeah. And that those are our limits. Yeah. 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 I'm still
1: evolving with that. And I think the more I do it, it's easier. Yeah. With the boundaries. And try not and I'm trying not to get emotional in terms of my decision making. Like when my kids are like, can we read one more book? And I'm like, Oh, I feel bad. Like the mom guilt, right? Do you still have mom
0: guilt? Heck yeah. Like why do we have it? Because we find ourselves fully responsible for our kids' happiness. And do dads have that? I mean, I think some dads do have that. I don't think all do, but I think some dads definitely have that guilt too. Yeah. Yeah. Parental guilt. Yeah. It's like we are ultimately responsible for everything in our child. If they're happy, if they're sad, if they're well taken care of, are they learning enough? It's like, ah, I yeah. have, to, and, and you know what? We're not, this yeah. is their life yeah, and they will figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Those were such good questions. Those were so helpful. Thank you so uh, much. I was like, pre-session yeah, like, totally
1: cool. problems have been solved in this like half an yeah. hour not even, not
0: even. <laughs> what else can you tell us about us that you want us to know about or about comedy or about momming or about mm-hmm. anything? Um,
1: I found that once we were, uh, locked down in lockdown, early 2020, I had to resort to pop more comedy, but putting it on social media. Cause I wasn't able to go out of my house. So I had a lot of, anxiety at home I had a lot of resentment uh, there was no space the two kids were at home homeschooling my, my partner was always around and working and so I had a lot of stress in my uh, just just emotionally stress and I was tired all the time so I turned to making videos of just making fun of myself being bored at home and having anxiety with the homeschooling and having resentment towards my husband and it just became a healing mechanism for me like a coping mechanism
0: mm-hmm.
1: so like for example my husband did something really annoying like he i guess he's so used to working from home and he's alone at home most of the time cuz I'll be out doing errands and he had the door wide open while he was doing number one and i was literally like 12 steps away from him. I was at the dining table. He was in the bathroom. And I was like, babe, can you close the door? And he's like, oh, so sorry. I didn't realize that. I was like, well, yeah, I could understand you didn't realize that because you've been home all this time for two years. And I was so annoyed and so angry. And I was just like, how disrespectful. (laughs) And then like overnight, I was like, I'm going to turn into a real. And then I did it. And I felt like it was it was such a weight lifted and I wasn't annoyed by him anymore. And then I showed it to him and then he was laughing and goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize. I was like, yeah. And we were both (laughs) laughing together at me pretending to be him. And, you know, when I play him, I play like such a chump, right? And (laughs) (laughs) I make him look so bad. And then him laughing at it kind of just made me think, okay, this It's just our environment right now, you know, like it wasn't like any bad intention. So yeah, it has humor has I always feel like it's not just connection, but also a healing mechanism. It is cathartic. Yeah. It very Um, much is. Yeah. It's great if you could laugh at yourself every day in teaching your children to laugh at themselves and not take it so seriously. And I love watching and playing with my children. Like I make a lot of reels that I, you know, I'm annoyed taking them to the park and stuff. But like, I truly love being with them when I'm not tired. Okay. And yeah. when it's not like three hours stretch of a time, but, um, it makes me feel like a kid again and yeah. no rules and you can act stupid and goofy and no one's judging you. And I feel like, you know, when we go to the parties, I gravitate towards children. Cause I feel like
0: they're more fun to hang out with. They're they not. really are. Right? I do too. People used to call me the Pied Piper because I would go to birthday parties when the kids were young and I'd be like, who wants to do hide and seek? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm drinking my wine.
1: And I was like, I I will be with you, Michelle. I would be like, okay, Michelle has a team and Alice has a team. Let's go, let's do this. And I would have was, so
0: much fun. They would just look at me like, why aren't you socializing? And I'm like, I don't know. Just hang with the kids or so. I. I mean, I do this work because I love children. And I worked as a teacher and a counselor and I loved kids as a, as a, as a kid, I loved kids. And so I do this work because I know this is the best way to help kids. Yeah. Yeah. I love them.
1: Do you talk to parents only, or do you actually talk to children as well?
0: I don't talk to children. You know, I was a high school counselor, um, Mm -hmm. for a while and I loved that job, Mm -hmm. but I always felt like I could talk to the kids till I was blue in the face. But until we got the upper management on board, it was just not, it was helpful for them. They got to vent, but I knew that if I could start up here, that I could help their lives so much better. Mm.
1: And what made you leave the the job as a high school?
0: I left to have kids and I stayed home with my kids for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do something with my life again. <laughs> and so I started this whole thing out of my living room, begging people to take classes for free. Love that. Yeah. After I taught myself not to punish anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This was so great, Alice. It great. I so- really appreciate you coming.
1: Oh, I love, I love doing this and I love connecting with other moms, talking yeah. about parenting, our different parenting styles and it's, and laughing, you know, this is, this is what the community is all about. Like, I think just, it's funny, right? Like that we meet each other on Instagram. Otherwise we, how would we have known each other?
0: No way. But it's like, you get to pick from a bigger pool of people. I mean, I get to pick out the the best of the best because I can just be like, oh, there's all these wonderful people out here.
1: It's so great. And yeah. I
0: thank you so much for your
1: advice. I'm like so excited to pick up my son and do like special time with him.
0: Tonight. Yeah, I'll send you a couple things and they might be helpful. Good guides. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast. And if you want to find Alice, you can find her mostly on Instagram. I think that's where your biggest following is. Yeah. 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 Okay. We will see you there. And to everybody who joined us, thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.